Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've had that uh, open hearted song from Voyage of the Rock Alien stuck in my head all night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the 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 main bass line or whatever the do 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 do. Did you record that pretty recently? Yeah, well, yeah, we yeah, gosh, it was like a week or two ago. We, I don't know, done like four movies since then. Like we watched After the Cherry Moon last night. Guess what? Not even Kiss broke it. <laughs> <laughs> Not even. Uh, you need another lover like you need another hole in your head. Yeah, that wasn't as catchy. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sushi went poop. Do we need drinks? Uh, if you want, we're just talking camp power. It's true. I mean, I'll, I'll never turn down a drink. You know that, babe. <laughs> I kind of have a hot take. Hot take? Yeah. Uh, for Prince albums, I think uh, Under the Cherry Moon is actually better than Purple Rain, album-wise. You know what? I I, I can see it. The, the thing is, like, oh, you know, having just watched the movie last night, the 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 soundtrack has absolutely nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> like, right. It's basically like it's almost like the like like the Batman soundtrack that Prince did has more to do with the movie than this one had to do with under the cherry moon wow like but yeah purple rain i mean everyone knows the the bangers the you know the uh, yeah it's, it's the one that's played on the radio all the time but it's like i think the only one that's played on the radio from under the cherry moon is kiss right yeah yeah well i might like that album better because it's not as overplayed as some of those bangers from purple rain maybe that's the thing I think I actually like the album tracks on Purple Rain better than I do the singles. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see it. See, it's a, <laughs> I mean, you're like, oh, hot tag, oh, putting down Purple Rain. I'm kind of like, I mean, Prince is just kind of like good in general. Yeah. <laughs> like, like every song he makes is an eight. Like, like, like it's just like, like if that's what you're looking for is like a funky little sexy song, you can't go wrong with just about anything. Like he doesn't have a horrible song like there, there are songs i just don't particularly care for but yeah 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 it's not, not like it's unlistenable <laughs> yeah i'm not saying purple rain sucks at all it's it's a great album 
Yeah, it's yeah. just I prefer Under the Cherry Moon a little bit more. I just had like the greatest hits album, so <laughs> I'm sure like what's all what's all here and there. Although I have a hot take. <gasps> Tom Jones does a better version of Kiss than Prince does. Uh hey, hey, you can disagree. <laughs> and you know what? You may not be wrong, but I just kind of prefer the Tom Jones take on it. <laughs> You know what? There's actually a version of Purple Rain that I like better than Prince's, and it's Tom Jones with David Gilmore of Pink Floyd. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. All right, let's check that out. Does Tom Jones just have, like, an album of Prince covers I don't know about? <laughs> no, I think there was some, like, charity concert in the 90s, and I think just Tom Jones and David Gilmore did that. Tom Jones does the singing and David Gilmore does the solo and it sounds really good. It kind of reminds me of like Comfortably Numb or one of those Pink Floyd type solos. Oh, shit. Uh, gone too soon. Yep. I forget, was it the mixing of, uh, yeah, it, it was the mixing of uh, uh, medication or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, oh wait, no, that was Michael Jackson. No, wait, that was both of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no no babe it was uh exhaustion dehydration oh no it was a uh, assassination mm, yeah 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 i'm not exactly sure by who but <laughs> it's whoever took out david bowie too <laughs> uh anyway you guys ready <laughs> Let's do it. got the power <laughs> that's right power on <laughs> That crunching you hear in the background is uh, sushi with his new bone. I don't know if it comes across, but he's having a good time. Let's hope he behaves tonight. Yeah, as long as he's not barking, he should be all right. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so sorry about that. No, he's tired. We we played at the river. First, I took him to the farmer's market, and then we played at the river for like three hours. So he should be tired. That's good. Power on. The legacy of the Metal Wars, when man fought machine and machines won. Biodreads, monstrous creations that hunt down human survivors and digitize them. Volcania, center of the Biodread Empire, stronghold and fortress of Lord Dread, feared ruler of this new order. But from the fires of the Metal Wars arose a new breed of warriors. Born and trained to bring down Lord Dread and his Biodread Empire. They were soldiers of the future. Mankind's last hope. Their leader, Captain Jonathan Pollard, master of the incredible power suits which transform each soldier into a one-man attack force. Major Matthew Hawk Masterson, fighter in the sky. Lieutenant Michael Tank Ellis, ground missile. Sergeant Robert Scout Baker, espionage and communications. And Corporal Jennifer Pilot Chase, tactical systems expert. Together they form the most powerful fighting force in Earth's history. Their creed to protect all life. Their promise to end Lord Dread's rule. Their name. Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Steve. And I'm Missy. And this is Everything I Learned from Movies. Captain Power.
power on <laughs> edition i guess I don't know. oh babe well i don't know if you know this we made it through all 22 episodes of captain power and the soldiers of the future but what apparently season two was already like kind of prepped and ready to go before I don't know. I, I I blame Reagan for uh, shutting it down with it. Yeah, fuck you, Reagan. Or, uh, what, what's the wife's name? Nancy, Nancy Reagan. You don't that bitch. All no. the Reagans because they ruined our country. <laughs> but yeah, apparently all the violence on TV. Who knew that a post-apocalyptic Canadian <laughs> children's show would <laughs> with uh, interactive uh, toys that were guns and <laughs> I don't know. Shit. I think it's educational because it's foreign. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Oh, my babe, Steve. To talk about season two, we're not alone for this one. What? That's right. He was there for, gosh, 20 out of the 22 episodes, oh, something shit. like that. But it's the Michael Bagford. Welcome. Woo! The artist formerly known as Michael Bagford. <laughs> and now he's known as uh, some weird symbol that looks like, uh, I don't know, a, a, a guitar up inside of a coconut or something. <laughs> inside a vagina. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> subtext. <laughs> For those of you at home, if you hear slight gnawing in the background, dog got a new bone, so sushi's working away on it. Nick, Nick, how do you Steve? Yes. We're too sober to do this. Oh, we certainly are. Do you have uh, something around me there? Yeah, we have from Moab Brewing Company, Dead Horse Amber, Premium Amber Lager eat that dead horse yeah <laughs> 10 million years in the making yeah uh, <laughs> quite the aging process <laughs> right dead horse is named after the scenic overlook near arches national park a traditional english mild styled ale with uh with well-balanced hop to malt ratio so okay you that's can't weird eat a dead horse yeah, that's weird because it's like oh yeah uh, near arches national park it's in kenya lands national park which i Canyon dare lands. say is better but the thing is nobody knows about <laughs> Canyon lands all right so for everybody out there arches national park it's the the big red arch that everybody takes their pictures at oh, you've yeah. definitely seen pictures of it google it one of the most famous and most popular national parks like in our great nation here literally 10 minutes away is Canyonlands, which is spectacular it is one of the least known least visited national parks that's like not in the middle of fucking alaska yeah so people will drive come all the way out here get turned away because arches is full and just leave because yeah. they like they don't realize there's another national park on the other side of the freeway Guys, check out our tour of the Dinosaur Diamond from la uh, last April. Yeah. Uh, we got more details and stuff in it. There's oh. also like a dinosaur park. You can walk around with life-size statues and stuff there. Moab's yeah. pretty awesome. Moab's amazing. And yeah, Canyonlands might be my favorite national park. Yeah, I've been to a, a lot of, of that's the national one. parks. It's up there with uh, Yellowstone and Yosemite for you, right? Yeah, definitely. Nice. The uh, Canyonlands felt bigger than the Grand Canyon to me. I know technically, yeah. size-wise, the Grand Canyon's bigger, oh, but like like when we were on the uh, that scenic overlook between yeah, yeah. Um, the maze and the needles, that felt much bigger. Yeah, it's 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 gigantic. Yeah, we, check it out, guys. You know what? Come visit Utah. Yeah, it's not hashtag, just Mormons anymore. Hashtag visit Utah. <laughs> All so right, what's in your hand? Yeah, I'm gonna pop this up. <laughs> Oh, oh, and you guys have all seen Dead Horse National Monument on um, 
Mission Impossible 2. It's the one Tom Cruise is scaling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right at the opening. You know, Monument Valley or something like that. It's yeah. getting like overlooking it. Yeah. Mmm, smells malty. Mm. Sounds crunchy. <laughs> it is malty and delicious. <laughs> I am enjoying this as much as that dog is enjoying that bone. Yes. All right. So, Captain Power. Captain Power. And the soldier. Oh, Mike, are you drinking anything? Uh, Coca Cola. Yeah. Mike enjoys his Coke. Got a couple of. Uh, <laughs> ah, of yeah. Coca Cola. <laughs> Great ass. <laughs> You're all up and in it. <laughs> all right. Well, for those of you who don't know, uh, check out our back episodes where we talk about the 1987 post apocalyptic Canadian children's show called Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Uh, canceled after one season, a uh, myriad of this and that. Uh, some of the stuff I pulled from IMDb about it. Uh, Captain Power attempted to appeal to both children and adults, which, as we know, when you try to hit all the quadrants, you rarely <laughs> hit yeah. all of them. Because uh, yeah. it has a dark post apocalyptic storyline showing the aftermath of a nuclear war and featuring allegories on topics such as Nazism. Ultimately, however, this became the show's undoing. It was seen as too violent for kids because of <laughs> because of its toys for shooting at the television, live action violence. It was the Reagan years, guys. I don't know. Uh, also, Jessica Steen, who played Pilot, as we all know and love, uh, decided she didn't want to return for the second season and wanted to move on to do other projects. And she found negativity in the show's post-apocalyptic setting. Uh, setting sorry. I disappointed Gary Goddard, a uh, friend of the podcast. So I'm always hesitant to say that, uh, but <laughs> but we did do an incredible interview with him, and he was a perfect gentleman. Absolutely. Uh, opted to have Pilot killed off in the season one finale, and to give Pilot a powerful send off. Achieved. Uh, Pilot sacrificed her life by heroically defending the power base from Blastar on Christmas Day uh, in the episode Retribution. <gasps> right. Oh, still brings tears to my eyes. Uh, the abandoned second season was to focus more on Captain Power neglecting his duties uh, as the leader of the team and becoming obsessed with killing Dread and Locker, who was the slicer who had betrayed him. And um, he, he was, the, yeah, he was the the guy that was selling the bad intel in the last uh, couple episodes. Um, and to avenge Pilot's death, and Major Hawk would kind of step in as the leadership as Power goes off on his own vendetta. Um, and they were also to introduce new characters uh, such as Chris Ranger O'Connell or, or Chris Ranger O'Connor, a woman who would become Tank's love interest. What? <gasps> and Private Chip TNT Moreau, a soldier who had appeared in the first season under the name of Andy Jackson. Remember them? No. Nope. He was the one. He, he was the one that uh, snuck aboard the ship or whatever, and. Uh, Oh, uh, and like oh. Blastar, like got his partner and like mimicked his voice, and yes. uh, was like, okay. "Wait, my partner would have used the code." <laughs> and this guy oh, okay, yeah. yeah, that was like episode six or something like that. Like it was a while back. I, I had to look it up. <laughs> but guys, apparently, all twenty-two episodes were kind of set up, and like at least in the early stages of writing and everything. Um, and I got this information through a couple couple internet sources. Uh, most importantly, I'll give them a shout out here. The Super Saturday Short-Lived Showcase uh, at saturdayshowcase.blogspot.com. So, you know, it's up to date. Um, and oocities.org slash Hollywood slash 6213 slash episode guy 2.html. Okay, yeah, it's, it's, it, I think it was all like linked through there. But it's basically a, like a compilation of like uh, 
interviews from like the past 20 years and stuff like that but here we go oh and i also want to point out after the first season mm-hmm. with the second season yeah like the vast majority of the episodes are like two to five part episodes so it's like instead of trying to jam everything into 16 minutes or whatever they took two or three episodes ah, they learned from the end of this one yep <laughs> but the first episode to kick off season two vendetta which is a uh it looks like it's a two-parter in part one power and his team are on the run after the destruction of the power base and they take refuge in the passages but power is consumed by his desire for revenge on Locke, whom he blames for the death of pilot this ultimately brings him face to face with the new lord dread a cyborg who is now far more machine than man who decides it's time to reestablish his authority by reclaiming Tech City. And introduced is Christine O'Con- uh, Chris Ranger O'Connor, who soon joins the team as Ranger. Woo! And then in part two, Power attempts to find and activate a new power base, which has been created by his father somewhere within the Arctic Circle. But first they raid a dread installation for supplies and fuels, this mission is cut short when the jump ship is severely damaged and crash lands in a densely forested area in northern Canada. Oh. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so what do we think of that so far? <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Man, who let's see, I'm trying to think like late 80s. Who would have been a good uh bit Ranger O'Connor or whatever to come in and be Tank's love interest? Like Linda Lovelace or something? No, I don't know. <laughs> Brigitte Nelson? Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> Hello, my name is Christine O'Connor. <laughs> Hi, Christine O'Connor, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, Grace Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I want to see the, the mating dance that happens between her and Tank. I can see a scene where like Scout and Hawk are like going over uh, tactical maps or something. Also, you see her in the background. It's like <laughs> like down the hallway, but just wild banging shit. It's like either they're uh, being intimate or uh, Shockma's loose again. What's that? Shockma won't be a thing for another two years? Damn it. Shockma! <laughs> uh, yeah, that, uh, that trailer... <laughs> Shockma! If you're gonna watch Shockma, just watch the trailer. You don't even have to watch the film. Yeah, it's all, all the best parts are cut in there, and some guy who's not even the movie is just like keeping it intriguing the entire time. <laughs> I fucking love Shockma. I love it so much. I realize that movie is fully trash, and I'm still into it. There you go. Past all these. And there's more details about it with uh, interviews for uh, basically interviews from like the oh and uh this was written by uh, larry detilio uh he's the one that did like six of the episodes uh, he's the one that created she-ra okay so yeah he was still uh still part of the writing team for season two um there's also more information on that website with like specifically with, like concept artist of like uh the person who had uh designed lord dread and basically uh they uh here it was like uh we had another design for lord red suit that was going to be him full of blinkies and everything 
and all that was rescued from him was just a tiny piece of his brain and an eye and everything else was basically a robot yeah so there you go yeah uh like uh i think tony christopher i think that's who the tony is referring to just checking my notes uh he he, he was one uh, him and gary goddard were the two guys that like created the show uh, basically he talks about like we were a little concerned about ranger because she was going to have an attitude and that can wear on people fast but you know it never came to be so we don't really know blah 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 <laughs> but all right the next the next story arc is the archers written by christy marks yes that christy marks the one that created gem mm. <gasps> and the holograms yes <laughs> back when it was just gem though <laughs> uh this one is a Oh shit, this one is a five-part episode. Oh shit. Part one, The Order of the Arrow. <gasps> crashing in the Great Northern Forest. Oh, wait. So it's like a <laughs> oh no, they crashed in Canada and found the Merry Men. <laughs> uh, anyway, crashing in the Great Northern Forest, Power and his men are attacked by troopers, then captured by a group carrying high-tech bows and arrows who call themselves the Archers. Angry that the jump ships uh, jump ships crash had destroyed a large amount of prime forest and fearful it will draw dread's forces into their land in greater numbers the archers threatened to kill power in his team <gasps> da, da, da. part two visions and ultraviolet <laughs> okay <laughs> while power and the team are gaining the trust of the archers dread seeks an alliance with the baron a tyrant who <laughs> attempts to rule the forest people through use of force. Definitely not the sheriff. Don't even try to say that. Uh, learning of this alliance, the power team and the archers mount a joint recon mission. But then power finds himself in great personal danger when his power suit runs out of juice. Just as the troopers attack. Part three, the willow and the oak. I'm assuming that's a bar downtown. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> unable to find Jonathan after his fall from a cliff, the remaining team members go with the archers to a meeting with a man they call Traitor. You're like one who trades, not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not a traitor. Uh, yeah, not traitor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unbeknownst to his team, Power is rescued from the river by Traitor, who identifies him as being wanted by Dread. Dread sends his newest bio dreads, glowing balls of destructive energy called Hunter Seekers, definitely not Hunter Killers, Terminator 2, what? Uh, to attack the archers group, who find the new units nearly indestructible. The group manages to escape, but Dread orders them to surrender at once, or he will create a plasma storm, which will burn everything within a thousand kilometer radius. Oh, uh, damn. Oh, sorry, radius. So definitely not like uh, the East Coast being lit up in a plasma storm <laughs> at the yep. end of season one. Yep. All right. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, here we go. Part four, plasma storm raging. <laughs> plasma storm! Plasma storm! Uh, the hunter seekers begin igniting a plasma storm while Powers team watches in horror from a distance. Ooh, there we go. Dread vows to destroy the entire forest unless Power surrenders to him, ignoring the captain orders hawk attempts to stop the dreads from spreading the holocaust what uh but when his suit's power begins to fail he's shot out of the sky and falls into the middle of a raging plasma storm oh shit they just kill hawk oh shit <laughs> Ooh. uh part five death and beyond 
After finding parts to repair the jump ship in a raid of the Baron's warehouse, Hawk and Scout struggle to repair the ship while Tank, Ranger, and the Archers attempt to capture the Baron's laser cannon. Okay, apparently Hawk's fine. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> only the cannon has enough power to hold off the growing plasma storm. How the fuck is a cannon? Okay. Uh, but Dread has too many forces protecting him. Power draws attention away by challenging Dread to a fight to the death. Fun fact, Steve did not know that that was uh, from Holst's The Planets. It's true. He just thought I just that, knew it from Venture Brothers. He, he thought he thought everybody was ripping off Venture Brothers. <laughs> yeah. King Crimson covered that. Oh, always down for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, I'm just kind of go, glancing through the notes here. So, so yeah, I guess guys, what what, what do we think about uh, basically uh, Captain Power being at the center of a Robin Hood story for a five episode arc? You know, joining the forest people, uh, apparently rising up to lead them, and then challenging the sheriff at the end. That's <laughs> kind of that's kind of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, not gonna lie, this actually kind of sounds like Walking Dead season two. Okay. <laughs> or is it season two when they? What? What is? Is it season three when they they enter the prison and they have to challenge? Oh, season the sheriff? three. Oh, yeah, season three. The, yeah, 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 season three. Oh, what, no, no, wait. Oh, you're you're talking about when the the governor or whatever. The right? governor. Yeah, it's the city. I think that yeah. was season yeah three or four. I think it was four. I don't know. I know we had to tap out after that season because it was getting too gooey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think season one it was they were still in like downtown Atlanta. Basically, the they killed of off Grant, and I was done. Yeah, season. <laughs> well, that was season five. No, uh, season two was uh the farm. Season three was the prison, and yeah, season four I think was uh get the name of the town, but yeah, the governor or whatever. Guys. I tapped out after season one. Yeah, <laughs> season two on the farm was good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty good. There was more. There would be a whole uh, the the thruple thing was coming to surface then. So John Barenthal was uh, getting good. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, five story arc there. Next set of episodes. Ooh, this one's a one for it looks like. A passion forged in steel, written by Steve Gerber. Ooh, who's he, Steve? Oh, I'm glad you asked, uh, because he wasn't part of season one, <gasps> but he is the creator of Howard the Duck and Man-Thing. <laughs> he also wrote 13 episodes of Thundar the Barbarian, which is fucking awesome, and 24 episodes of the new Batman Adventures that uh, were the late 90s. Okay. Um, as long as he's doing something. I think she's getting a ball ready for the boy. <laughs> you know sushi a boy the boy <laughs> oh and mike uh would you uh do you want to stick we got some of those uh mystery boxes or whatever from entertain mart do you want to <laughs> hear us open them live <laughs> oh sure i'll do that you know being an incredible patreon patreon.com slash eilf movies uh some of these could be yours <laughs> Ooh. So yeah, Passion Forged in Steel from the, from the creator of Howard the Duck. Uh, the power team picks up refugees after staving off a dread attack. Power suspects a spy amongst them and dispatches Scout to work out who it is. Ooh, a spy mission. 
a mysterious operative named Morgana Two is introduced. Okay, now we're going to King Arthur with Morgana. Right. <laughs> By the way, like obviously the bad guy. I mean, well, here we are. Uh, D- uh, Larry Dottilio, he uh, mentioned that. I have a quote here. Morgana Two is, to an extent, an android-like creation. She's human consciousness transplanted into a metal body and a creation who is very beautiful, very lethal, and very mysterious. What? Her storyline would have been a surprise and uh, and would have opened up an uh, additional threat for a planned third season. We are going to have her become involved in a relationship with Scout. They're both fascinated by machines, so we felt it would be interesting to throw them together and see what developed. Holy shit. She's a goddamn, <laughs> she's a goddamn sex bot, babe. Yeah. <laughs> a treacherous ass sex bot. Holy shit, ex machina, you hacks. So yeah, what do we think about that? <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Still in. Yeah. Yeah, shit. Uh, sorry, I'm just kind of glancing through using any of the other quotes or it's just more like yeah it would have been interesting angle blah 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 okay uh the next episode is a oneer. it's called face of darkness and it's written by david bennett karen and j larry carroll who the hell are they steve (laughs) oh i'm glad you guys asked uh david bennett karen wrote 65 episodes of dennis the menace 17 (laughs) episodes of star trek the next generation Eight of Ooh. Diagnosis Murder and many, many more. But wow, 17 next gen episodes. Wow. Wonder if any of them were good. Right. <laughs> now so, like season one and two or so like free and beyond. Uh you know what? <laughs> Screw it. Let's check it out. See if uh any of the ones he wrote uh we know just by the title. Ba-ba-ba. First two seasons are kind of rough a little bit. Oh, I know. That's why that's why we uh, go on Besotted Geek to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> yep, all right, here we are. 17 episodes. Uh, season four. Yeah, it looks like all of them are in season four. Here we go. Okay. Uh, Future Imperfect. Final Mission. The Loss. Oh, The Loss is probably one we remember because it's 6.0 out of 10. Uh, Data's Day, The Wounded, Devil's Do, Clues. Oh, the first contact episode. Uh, Galaxy's Child, Night Terrors, The Nth Degree. Oh, shit. The Nth Degree is the the Barclay one when he's uh, hooked up to that machine that Uh, (laughs) transcended. Fuck Barclay. Fuck Barclay. Uh, Oh, shit. He wrote Cupid. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No! Uh, the drumhead, half a life, the host, the mind's eye, in theory, and it looks like the finale of season four, Redemption, which is, I know that's always brought up as one of the better episodes. Yeah, uh, a wide gamut. It looks like about, <laughs> looks like it's basically the second half of uh, season four, but the uh, scores range from 6.0 to like 8.7. So, yeah, some good ones and some bad ones, apparently. All right. <laughs> so why do you guys hate Barclay? Is it because Barclay reminds us too much of us because that's how we'd be if we were on the Enterprise? No, because well, his, out, his be, episodes Being a are fumbling all... moron who has nothing to do rather than fuck with everybody else's day? That's not me, bro. I <laughs> in my room. Look, if, if Steve has anybody in the entire Star Wars universe... Star Wars. Star Trek. Star Trek. Trek. <laughs> He's Tom Paris. 
<laughs> I'm repopulating a planet with my boss. <laughs> oh, we were some weird frog puppy thing. Oh no. Look, we were gonna throw you in jail, but we realized we literally yeah. can't do this without yeah. you, so we're gonna make you like number two. You're the only one who knows how to fly this thing, apparently. So oh, and your dad was pretty cool. Gee, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, no, Barclay, like, literally every single episode that he's in would be fixed if he just paid the fuck attention. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Everything. If he did one thing right the entire episode, there'd be no episode. Yeah. Well, I guess I pay attention, so I wouldn't be like him. Yeah. Exactly. Let's see. If the homie Mike Bagford were on Next Gen, I, I could see him as a Geordie. Yeah. That's what my mom says. See? Yeah. And who would know better than his mom? Exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, you're friends with everybody, whether yeah. they're a robot or a child or some asshole who keeps fucking everything up or the captain. <laughs> everybody wants to uh, have a drink with you at the bar. Occasionally, you might, you know, program a holodeck after a very specific person who you then meet later and, you know, hijinks ensue <laughs> when they stumble upon your holodeck program. But. Also, when like shit goes awry, uh, you're the one who keeps your team alive. Yeah, oh, that sounds good. Not in engineering, everybody dies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Is Michael Blackford uh, O'Brien? <laughs> he's not a. If he's not, if he's not a transporter room, somebody's dying. I take it back, Steve. You might be O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's your job, you're O'Brien. <laughs> the boilers, the transporters, that one boiling transporter. Boy, an eighty day. That's my Irish accent. I don't know. I'm friends with the doctor because he buys all the drinks at ten forward or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> or no, what is it? Oh, God damn it! It's quarks. That's right. Quarks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, face of darkness. <laughs> Uh, that one we, not enough Ferengis. That, that one in the the resource that I had said we actually have the script for this one and we'll cover it in a full review next week. I went to the next week and it wasn't there. So, uh... <laughs> bum, 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 bum. what do you guys think? Face of Darkness. What uh, is it like a dread episode? Like I don't know. Uh, or Morgana? This... I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say is uh is this where a scout Morgana finally do it and he realizes? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, he accidentally tears her face off. <laughs> but his dick's already stuck in there. That's great. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, lawnmower mode. Uh, but the next episode, uh, the blood dimmed tide. The blood okay. dimmed D I M M E D tide. Definitely not a crimson tide. Just a blood dimmed tide. <laughs> Well, the Crimson Tide is too much like that time of the month, and they don't have nearly enough girls to yeah, do an well, episode about that. Yeah, we got that one robot just now. Uh, this one's written by Michael Reeves. He did uh, two episodes of Captain Power, uh, mostly Smurfs and Ninja Turtles and uh, Batman, the animated series, though. Uh, this one is a three-parter. Uh, part one, The Ceremony of Innocence. Part two, Tiger, Tiger. And part three, Osmandius. Holy shit, is this Watchmen? <laughs> Oh my. Uh, while attempting to gather more data on Dread's Project Rebirth, oh boy, Captain Power, Tank, and Ranger are marooned on a tropical island where they play a game of very fuck kill. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where... <laughs> 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 
Oh, it was a uh, okay. guy said he wanted um, a cookie, his girlfriend, and a pumpkin pie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we were watching a, an episode of Alone, that movie where it's people just alone in the Vancouver wilderness documenting whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I like a cookie, my girlfriend, and some pumpkin pie. And he's like, all right, babe, very fuck kill. And he's like, well, I've killed a girlfriend because I'm definitely fucking pie. <laughs> definitely fucking pie. <laughs> I would never desecrate a brownie. In that way. It was an oatmeal cookie. That's right. It was oh, oatmeal oh cookie. yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, okay, so so Captain Power, Tank, and Ranger marooned on a tropic island, uh, where the evil Doctor Severius what is carrying out horrific experiments for Morgana two, developing bioformates half-human, half-animal mutants with strange powers. Jesus Christ, it's I with Dr. Moreau. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, why did I see this episode? Uh, while Power strives to persuade the mutants. What? Uh, led by a half-wolf named Talon. That doesn't even make fucking sense. <laughs> uh, to, 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 ally, uh, to ally with them. Hawk, Scout, and TNT, that's right, still in the show, uh, must hold out against Dredd and his forces all by themselves. By the way, TNT, a new member of the team is Andy Jackson from the Intruder episode. There you go. Uh, wow. Okay, I gotta, uh, hold on, there's gotta be more on this in the uh, interviews and shit. <laughs> Tony Christopher, uh, did Reeves finally just flat out take the island of Dr. Moreau and plop our characters down in it? This seems like a very odd left turn here. I can kind of sort of see how it could tie in, but this just feels wrong somehow. Not to mention, I would imagine this island setting uh, full of strange hybrid creatures might be a little tough to pull off and get all kinds of wonky real fast. <laughs> On a more positive note, the return of Andy Jackson is a welcome one. Less welcome is his exploitation-esque moniker TNT. <laughs> Wow. yeah he's absolutely right it should have been mr t because he already yeah. had that uh canadian series tnt that we got there you out. go yeah <laughs> it was he's like a hey, it was basically like rockford file starring mr t right like he was a private eye and then went to jail or yeah, whatever uh all right so yeah that's a uh, holy shit three episode arc of the island of dr moreau meets captain power i'm fucking in guys i don't know about yeah <laughs> But, Man, but, how much would this season cost? Because it sounds like it's getting very, very expensive. Oh, th this would be like like manimal levels of uh, <laughs> of like makeup and stuff. It'd be it'd <laughs> probably even worse than uh, the 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 Richard Stanley or no, who who ended up doing the uh, Doctor John Murray. Frankenheimer. Or... Frankenheimer, that's right. Yes, good call. Yeah, it would have been uh, it'd have been weird. But yeah, it'd be fucking in. Uh, next episode is Codename Ranger. Uh, this one's like Walker, Texas. That's right. <laughs> Walker, Texas. Or Texas Walker. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, written by Larry Dottilio. No summary available. Presumably it has something to do with Ranger. <laughs> like, thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, the one after this, though, is The Observer. Written by Mark Cassutt. <clears throat> Who's he, Steve? Who's he, Steve? Oh, thanks, Mike. 
uh he wrote one episode of dino saucers oh shit do you guys remember dino saucers no nope is that a no okay so uh, yeah i guess around the same time there was one of those um was it like rankin bass like the guys that did like silver hawks and uh um thundercats and all those like like that company they made another one called dino saucers and it was about these aliens that were basically like humanoid dinosaurs that like came down to earth and like had battles against like evil dinosaur alien dudes it's a it's a show <laughs> i can't <laughs> find it anywhere and that may, irks me because like once i was reminded it was a thing a couple of weeks ago i was like i gotta find out where this is <laughs> there was also like dino riders and uh dink the little dinosaur a uh, denver the last dinosaur now available on the blood bank i found out which is fucking awesome <laughs> or or maybe it was just plex it, it was on on there somewhere but yeah yeah better check it out hey what uh, is he doing oh, oh. <laughs> god damn it dog one moment yeah, maybe maybe he was just trying to throw it away. Sorry, it's a uh, the styrofoam thing from our our dinner we had right before recording. So he's like, "Ooh, this yeah. smells like something. I should." <laughs> I'm just curious what that ranger one would have been about. Yeah, yeah, I assume it would have been like it probably been like ranger like on a on a private mission or like like a solo mission or something, or I don't know. Maybe, oh shit, you know, it's probably like a flashback to like her past like <laughs> you may be wondering how i got here like that kind of <laughs> thing. like like she's she it starts off with those things like she gets a coded message from somewhere and she's like i have to go and you know power in the team they're like wait where are you going like there's something i have to do and then over the course of the episode it's like flashbacks to i, I don't know uh future nom whatever <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the metal wars you know and, you know some some promise she made oh shit it's one of those uh what, what's those agreements where like the last one alive is uh gets Eastern promises yeah just <laughs> slapping in a spot yeah that's what, no that was the, the coup d'etat or the, the what? Death pact. Yeah. yeah yeah the death pact where it's like yeah the last one alive gets all the nazi gold or whatever yeah. <laughs> but it's you know dread robot sex bots i don't know <laughs> All right, so The Observer, which was written by Mark Mark Cassette, who did the one episode of Dino Saucers and three episodes of The Monsters Today, which apparently was a thing in the early 90s. Really? Oh, guys, okay, here we go. A force from space, either an alien race or some human exiles who escaped Earth, has been watching the conflict and quietly sitting in judgment over the participants. <laughs> One member violates their non-interference directive and comes to the aid of power and the side of the humans. Holy shit, would Star Trek have crossed over with Captain Power and the Soldiers of the yes, Future? Yes, it's the Q! <laughs> we find out it's like the Vulcans or whatever, just observing, seeing, like, uh, yeah, they have some sort of metal wars and the robots seem to be winning. Do we want to make them part of the Alliance or whatever? The Federation? So yeah, Captain Power first contact apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and oh yeah, here the quote from uh, Tony Christopher. What the fuck? 
after such a strong <laughs> start, they suddenly throwing in some awfully far-fetched stories with the whole island of Dr. Moreau and now going into space. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently additional scripts may have been written by, uh, they just have a, a list of names here, including Michael Cassette, but it's like Rich Hogue, Craig Noonan, Mark Nelson, not Mike Nelson, which would have been interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, they didn't uh, have any titles or really any stories. Uh, Detilio also said, there was also a very real possibility that Sauron would have had a falling out with Dread and joined up with Captain Power. <laughs> uh, things were definitely going to change. I'm like, oh shit. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski, you know, uh, that guy, uh, creator of Babylon 5 and wrote okay. like half of the episodes. Uh, we had the whole arc with Captain Power's mother that he was going to, get, that we were going to get into because we didn't talk much about her uh, during the first season for her i kept seeing this image of a very badly done digitization into a metallic form so you would see this shuffling shambling thing half metal half human in this all white room with white curtains white furniture that was half mad <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry just reading it is like okay in this all white room with white curtains white furniture that was half mad and I saw in season two Dread emerging fully, emerging fully machine, except for his consciousness and his mind, losing his humanity. And over the course of that second season, coming to grips the fact that he uh, that he lost that which gave him meaning and striving to get it back somehow, and eventually going into battle against Overmind, because Overmind's goal was quite simple: collect everyone's bodies to get all of humanity digitized and hit delete. <laughs> oh. Once Dread would found that out, he would have to strike back, and he would have, and you would have a war. Overmind over here, and Dread and Power working together to stop Overmind from destroying humanity. Guys, what could have been? Am I right? Oh shit! Netflix, hit yep. us up. Yeah. <laughs> These are half written. We'll just have to change words like radical to, I don't know, sus. Right? What, what do the kids say nowadays? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ratchet? Is that a thing still? I don't know. Uh, salty? I don't know. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. Oh, so guys, that was a uh, that was season two. Um, yeah, thoughts <laughs> got weirder towards the end. It's gonna be know. fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah. Uh, that was Captain Power, and yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know what could have been with season two. Can still happen. Hint, hint. <laughs> uh, but babe, I don't know if you know this. We swung by Entertainmart. What? Yeah. So we got uh, uh, two of these mystery bots. Bo- <sighs> Two of these mystery bags here with uh, 40 DVDs. One of them says action movies, so at least 20 of them are action movies. The other one doesn't say what it is, but it's the same uh, 
purple colored tag on it so we're hoping more action movies yeah uh, mike which one should we open first action or mystery mystery let's go with the action first all right maybe you need scissors yeah why not we got some scissors i'll make it easier to put them all in one bag later since they're not blown up oh, yeah, get off of the cord this is our sushi found oh yeah mike was it you we were talking with when uh sushi found the scissors no i don't think so okay All yeah. right, we were podcasting and so she was just being himself he's a good boy he's looking at me he comes around the corner with scissors in his mouth i have no yes. idea where he got them yeah so i traded in the scissors for a toy and i went to put the scissors up on the counter i turned around and he was drinking my beer yep <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the that was his plan all along right he's like fools you left you left it wide open all right, so cutting open the bag here. We don't want nobody peeking. <laughs> nobody peeking. All right. Um, I can't see shit. <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. Right on top. Oh, wow. This is a banger. Oh, oh, man. Okay. It's right not knockoff, top. is it? <laughs> no, right on top. We have <gasps> Transporter 2. Yeah. What hell of a ride. <laughs> the best in the business is back in the game. Uh, followed by Get Smart. That's right. Steve Carell, Dwayne The Rock yeah. Johnson, Anne Hathaway, and Alan Arkin. I've actually never seen this one. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> this is one uh, one of our Patreon members might get because we have it. Ooh, widescreen Ooh. edition. Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, delivers um, 62% more laughs. What? Okay. Oh, loads of never before seen jokes. Okay, so all the stuff they cut. All right. Uh, babe, I know I showed this next one to you and you fucking loved it because it's a great fucking movie. Guys, if you like Mad Max and like Death Race and that kind of stuff, check out a little movie called Doomsday. Oh, shit, yeah. Mankind has an expiration date. Oh, two movies in one, including the theatrical version. What? The and the unrated version. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah so there's like movie... one minute added. Yeah, yeah, pretty right. much. Yeah, it's a uh, Rona Mitra, Bob Hoskins, like uh, Malcolm McDowell. Like it's a post-apocalyptic uh, future movie from the director of The Descent, Neil Marshall. Uh, yeah, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> Sold. Oh, we also have uh, something... Oh shit. oh, shit. We have two movies we've done on the podcast already. We have starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Billy Bob Thornton. That's right. Faster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are you saying this meme is old? Yeah. <laughs> and the movie that was released on Steve's 25th birthday starring Mia Jovovich. That's right. It's ultraviolet. You've all seen that one clip of her jumping. Yep. Because it's on every ultraviolet Blu-ray DVD. <laughs> Oh, it's a holographic cover. Ooh, ooh. The Blood Wars. Uh. <laughs> Hemophages. <laughs> Hemophages. Oh, fuck yeah. Babe, <gasps> we have the Enforcer. That's right. Ooh, Basically, Dirty shit. Harry 2 from the director of uh, an upcoming episode. Well, I guess it'll be out by this time. But yeah, from the director of uh, <laughs> Voyage of the Rock Aliens, James Fargo. Yeah. We also have Samuel Fuller's The Big Red One. 
Red uh, Rocket, Red Rocket. Looks Red like Rocket. a war movie. The Real Glory of War is it's Surviving. Yeah. Starring Lee Marvin, Mark, and Mark Hamill? Robert Carradine? What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, it even says, like, yeah, Lee Marvin from The Dirty Dozen, Mark Hamill from Star Wars, and Robert Carradine from Revenge of the Nerds. Interesting. <laughs> hmm. All right, I'm in. <laughs> uh, we have The Matrix. Yeah. And Blade Runner, the director's Shit, cut. Yeah. Hey, I have, I have that. Yeah, right. I have that, too. Uh, from Paris with Love. No, not a Bond movie. This is the one with John Travolta and Jonathan Rhys Myers. Is that John Travolta in a with a shaved head? Yep, shaved head and a big ass uh, goatee thing going on. Looks like yeah. uh, the wrestler Anvil. He looks more like Nick Cage in this picture than he does in all of Face Off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like somehow they met somewhere in the middle. Oh fuck yeah, this gets better and better, babe. Because we have. One of my favorite movies that I, I don't think we have a copy of, but now we have the extended cut, ultimate edition of Stargate. Fuck yeah! I love this <laughs> very controversial movie. We also, oh shit, we also have the Die Hard trilogy. That's what? right, back when there were only three. So the good ones. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing though, we also have the Die Hard quintilogy or whatever, <laughs> so someone might be getting that. <laughs> Oh fuck yeah! True lies. Yeah. So long, so good. Black Hawk Down. Oh shit! Nice. This is this is. Oh shit! This is Steel Case. (gasps) Steel Case Extreme DVD version of Terminator 2: Judgment Day. Fuck yeah! Yeah. All right, this one's going on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. You guys hear that? That's metal, baby. That's the cover. Fuck yeah. yeah. All right, we're going to finish off the action pack. Uh, we have a movie starring Chuck Norris, Joanna Pakula, and Daniel Bernhardt, aka not Jean Claude Van Damme, The Cutter. Shit, yeah. The past holds the key. All right, I'm going to read the back of this one because I have okay. no idea what the fuck it is. Me neither. The stones of light and perfection, two 500 carat diamonds dating from Moses's time have been stolen by Nazi war criminal Colonel Spearman. Spearman (laughs) orders a freelance assassin to kidnap Isaac Teller, an Auschwitz survivor who's a master cutter of precise jewels. When Teller's niece Elizabeth realizes her uncle has gone missing, she hires tough-as-nails P.I. John Shepard, of course Chuck Norris, to investigate. Following a bloody trail of murdered jewelers and Interpol agents, Shepard races the clock to find the teller, for once he finishes recutting the diamonds, Spearman will most, most certainly finish him as well. For some reason, I was thinking of Hard Target when reading that. Yeah. Like, like a Nazi Hard Target. <laughs> I'm in. I hope you find your diddy. Why did they call you Chance? Because my mama took one. <laughs> Uh, we have Blade 2. We definitely yeah. have a copy of this one already. Ooh, but do we have the New Line Platinum series? Oh, shit. Maybe not. This one's pretty heavy. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we have Jarhead, uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Peter Sarsgaard, Chris Cooper, and Jamie Foxx. Yeah, they made a bunch of straight-to-DVD sequels from it, too. So. Ooh, <laughs> shit. Jarhead January? You're gonna... <laughs> Are you wary? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Bending Bullets itself, Wanted. Oh, shit. James McAvoy, Morgan Freeman, Angelina Jolie. 
And of course, what collection of action movies would be complete without the Boondock Saints? That was a fire fight. <laughs> oh. Kingdom Come. Oh, but guys, we still have a second box of mystery. Okay, I'm gonna cut this while you're doing that. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this like Chuck Norris, apparently. Fuck you. <laughs> Cutter. Chuck Norris is a depressed former private eye who right. takes out his trailer in Malibu just cutting himself to feel alive before he, before he meets a woman online. Anyway. Worst Rockford Files reboot ever. So, Justin Brinkley and the you know, Ultramax 5000, whatever thing they fucking sell in those infomercials. They fuck and sell. Yeah. Uh, just glancing at the top. Oh, it's Oh, wow, this is a hodgepodge. Okay, this is quite the mix. These uh, grabs from the middle here. All right, in this mystery bag, we start off with Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then we get the bends as we follow that up with The Ring. <laughs> this, These two right here actually <laughs> made me... Uh, we, I went to the movies with my friend Felicia, who is basically another copy of me, and another friend of ours who does not watch horror movies and we watched uh an american haunting and the the exorcist that came out in the mid-2000s oh yeah we all remember donald sutherland yeah, yeah and our friend was so freaked out she was like crying and so we snuck across the drive-ins to go watch the the first herald and kumar <laughs> we just pulled in <laughs> So yeah, it's sort of like watching the ring and then <laughs> Babe, I wonder if this uh this offer still applies to this next one because what? we have from director Rennie Harlan, <gasps> very repeat guest on our podcast, Exorcist the Beginning. That might have been the one that I watched. <laughs> Maybe. But there's a little coupon on here that says get free horror DVD by mail when you buy Exorcist the Beginning on DVD and any one of these DVDs. <clears throat> The Exorcist, the version you have never seen. The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. The Exorcist 3, Gothica, Ghost Ship, Dreamcatcher, Final Destination 2, House on Haunted Hill, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, damn it. Offer expires June 1st, 2005. Okay, yeah. So this is the one that I watched then in the theaters. Yeah. Well, uh, are any of these movies now in this package? <laughs> Did some people oh, yeah. the donate them? Oh, shit. Maybe. Uh, oh yeah, this one, uh, yeah, directed by Rennie Harlan, stars Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, Elizabeth uh, Skorupko. Um, Have you seen this one? No, I don't think so. I, oh. I sincerely don't. Uh, she was uh, Goldeneye, the the Russian. It's no, character. Exorcist three, but it's all right. I mean, Exorcist three is fucking awesome. Right. Um, <gasps> oh. We also have The Conjuring. Yeah. The director of Saw and Insidious. <laughs> Hey, can you tell the difference between The Conjuring and Insidious? Probably not. No, but I love all of them. Is it wrong that I love them all even though they're exactly the same? Uh, okay, this might be a horror pack because the next one is called Borderline Cult where it oh. says Juarez. Okay. 420 victims and counting. And it's... Uh, 420. <laughs> it looks like a border guard dragging a pickaxe behind him. Uh, let's see. After three ruthless serial killers team up in the Mexican border town of Juarez, hundreds of women are abducted, tortured, and murdered in this grisly new thriller from Ooh. the famed horror master Uli Lomel, whoever the fuck that is. He's famed, Steve. Trust them. 
uh, starring looks like no one Steve's heard of. <laughs> this might be one for you to watch. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I just want to see a bunch of women get abducted at the border and tortured and murdered. Yeah. Ooh, that's let's, me uh, let's melt the bloody bits. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> all right. We then have taken the extended cut, also known as Tooken. Tooken. We have Slackers. <laughs> High education just hit a new low. Okay, apparently this is horror and stoner comedies pack or something. <laughs> This one stars Devin Sawa, Jason Schwartzman, and James King. So this is every guy we went to high school with uh, collection. Somebody's girlfriend got mad and donated them, or ex-girlfriend. Probably. Because <laughs> uh, the next one is the unrated extended edition of Superbad. Mm. Followed by the widescreen edition of <laughs> 300. Obviously, girlfriend's never seen this because this is part of the chick flick pack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, look at that cover. Look at those abs. <laughs> I can... I can almost tell you the exact age of the person that bought these movies because <laughs> the next one is Family Guy presents Stewie Griffin, The Untold Story. Mm. What is this like 88 minutes? Yeah, yeah, it was like a four episode <laughs> thingamajig. Yeah, this is like 2007 wrapped yep. up in a bundle. Yep, exactly. Oh, you know what it is? Somebody got married and had to give up their DVD collection. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we need to throw your DVDs, sell your DVDs so we can have a nursery. They'll only buy them for a quarter. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have Enemy at the Gates, starring Joseph Fiennes, Jude Law, Rachel Weisz, Bob Hoskins, and Ed Harris. Sounds like a good cast. Yeah. The most triumphant war movie since Saving Private Ryan, as it was released six months later. No, no. That's kind of boring. I remember it being boring when I saw it. Yeah, I know good. I've seen it. And I don't oh. remember anything about it, so I think it's just a war movie. Yeah, 131 minutes. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, give it to Justine of the Soup Complex. Hey, Justine, we got a movie for you. Will it be better than Casablanca? Let's find out. Uh, and then, oh, god damn it. That's right. 2012 from director Roland Emmerich. <laughs> uh, and then we follow that up with Jeff Bridges and Tim Robbins in Arlington Road. Oh, your paranoia is real. Anyone heard of this one? No. I've heard of it. Haven't seen it. A gripping contemporary thriller about the terrible truths that can hide behind everyday appearances. Uh, All right. Widowed when his FBI agent wife is killed by a white right-wing group. (laughs) College professor Michael Faraday, Jeff Bridges, becomes obsessed with the culture of these groups, especially when his new neighbors, the all-American Oliver and Cheryl Lang, played by... Tim Robbins and Joan Cusack oh God, yeah. uh, start acting suspiciously. With each twist, the mystery deepens and the question looms as Faraday just consumed by fear and driven by paranoia or has a lethal conspiracy been born on Arlington Road? I just wanted to be paranoia. Is that wrong with me? Right? I do love it when it's like set up as a horror movie and then it's just all in their head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we have Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh shit. Steven Seagal, DMX collabo. It's exit oh, wounds, baby. <laughs> Finally do DMX miss. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also oh. And then we have from uh the director of Paranormal Activity, Oren Pelly, Chernobyl Diaries. I've actually seen this. Me too. Did you watch it with me? Maybe. Oh. 
Yeah, but yeah, uh, I think so because you were like, yeah. "Have you seen Paranormal Activity?" I'm like, "No," but I'll watch this. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's basically a found footage movie about Chernobyl guys, and uh, yeah. I seem to remember it being okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple stupid ass jump scares, but yeah, you know how it is. All right, and then finishing off the final pack here, <laughs> we have The Hangover. Oh god, <laughs> the first one, aka the funny one. No, oh shit, from director Tony <gasps> Scott, the wrong brother died. <laughs> Denzel Washington in Man on Fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's no Streets of Fire, but... <laughs> uh, is this the original or the remake? Uh... It's like the remake. Oh, no, no, it's the original. Oh. From director Eli Roth, it's Cabin Fever, the movie that <laughs> made him a star. <laughs> He's got Cabin Fever. Oh, shit, He's yeah, babe. <laughs> From Paramount Home Entertainment and MTV, we have Save the Last Dance 2. That's right, they made a sequel. I've not seen any of these movies. Starring, let's see, Isabella Miko and Columbus Short. Of course. Oh, and Neo is in it. And Jacqueline Bassett. Okay, cool. Uh, the sequel to the hot movie. Okay, yeah, I'm sure it's just Saving the Last Dance, just starring Neo and some blonde chick. All right, yeah. cool. All right, yeah, coming, coming next. Super sexy sequel, September. <laughs> I doubt it. All right, Mike. Any of those you're hoping for in your uh, Christmas Christmas stocking this year? Uh we'll just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> the best move is following your heart. Just don't give me that weird horror film with the uh, hundred women getting abducted. I don't oh, want that one. Okay, okay, babe, take, take that back out of this final. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us here on Everything I Learned from Movies, talking about Captain Power and uh, uh, having us do an unboxing video, I guess. Uh, uh, unboxing audio. We did uh, audio. Video. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the camera was down the whole time. Oh no. Uh, where can the people find you? Well, I live to serve my Twitter followers because I'm at Michael Bagford. I do an album a day, post podcast appearances, just post random stuff. And that's where you can see what's happening in my neck of the woods. Excellent. Guys, I just had a thought. What if Morgana was basically the sex bot version of Lackey? Oh, shit. Because <laughs> you got to bring Lackey back for season two, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. No, it's even better. Lord Dread is like 30% Lackey. Ah, oh, my God. Because <laughs> they had those spare parts you guys, from the recently deceased. You guys, it's, a, it's the thing with two heads, but with Lord yeah. Dread and oh, Lackey. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> Dread's brain thrown in Lackey's body. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. That. that now that would have been the fucking reveal. <laughs> like, like 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 you only see like the side view or whatever of like Lord Dread with the like the robot thing and you're like so focused on that. And then and then when like Captain Power sees him and then he like turns to reveal Lackey's head on the right. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, you get one F bomb in the children's show, right? <laughs> yeah, that's totally how it works. <laughs> that F bomb uh episode of Kylo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Habib, are you on social media at all? I am. You can find me and all my Beth Beth moms everywhere under <laughs> Untidy Venus. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. Model the social medias. You can also find my goods and wares over at Etsy at untidyvenus.etsy.com. But if you see something you really like in there, go ahead and hit me up on uh, Instagram or Facebook because I can get you a better price because let's face it fuck etsy they're taking too many fees That's right. uh you can also join my patreon at untidy venus i have a sticker of the month club i have a tea towel of the month club i have all kinds of good stuff going steve where can we find you oh shit well you can find us everywhere on all the major podcatchers under everything i learned from movies you can us up directly on twitter facebook and patreon at eilf movies that's everything i learned from movies <laughs> Sorry, I've been talking a lot. My voice is starting to crack a little bit. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess, uh, man, I guess next time we'll have to figure out what our uh, what our next show is going to be. Is it going to be the Rockford Files? Is it going to be? Yeah, do the critic. Oh, that critic. That's right. We got to get that yeah. going. Oh. All we're going to do is talk about all the amazing jokes that Steve uses on a daily basis. <laughs> Wait, that's what literally started our relationship. Yeah, that's true. All right, the critic's coming next. Mike, are you going to be there? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. What Steve's saying, Mike, is don't settle for a girl who doesn't know if she doesn't know any uh, critic jokes. There are critic girls out there. <laughs> okay. There you go. And until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Missy. I'm Mike. And this is Everything, Everything I Learned from Movies. Power on, everybody. This is Captain Power. Power I'm closing in on Dread. Power on until we get canceled? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's a simple.